Communication. Let's have a chat about it. Maybe we'll add in a little conflict resolution too. Sound good? Okay. Okay, here's the thing with communication. Number one, too many people are not listening to understand the other person. They're too quick to respond. They're too quick to protect or defend themselves. They don't allow for the space for the other person to feel heard and then them to comprehend what is being said, really understand it, and then articulate whatever they're feeling or thinking from there. So that's number one. Number two is, and I just touched on it, we, in the heat of a moment, like in conflict, have a tendency to immediately look at the other person as if they're our enemy. And more times than not, they are not. More times than you can count, they are probably feeling exactly the same way you're feeling. And, you know, that's something that I pay attention to when conflict arises in my life. Now, let's just, like, touch on conflict in my life real quick. I... Never had a good example of conflict resolution growing up. I never had a good example, you've heard me say this multiple times, of healthy communication, nonviolent communication. I only grew up with screaming and yelling and name calling and dismissing, diminishing feelings, like any any negative thing you could come up with attached to communication, like backlash, punishment, silent treatment, the whole nine yards. I received it. So if you're out there and you relate to that, I get you. I empathize with you deeply. It is not fun. It probably has traumatized you in more ways than you can count. So I get it. But I also never had an example because of all those things of good conflict resolution. Conflict was bad growing up. Like, and there was, it was conflict every day. Like I lived in a conflict zone. (laughs) a war zone, okay? In I mean, you know what I mean. I'm I'm not undermining actual war, but you get what I'm trying to say. I by the way, sidebar. I am such a literal person and like this is like coming to a head recently, so this is why I need to touch on it because I just realized that's why I speak the way I speak sometimes on this podcast because I'm such a literal person that it's almost like I project that onto a potential listener and how they're going to interpret what I'm saying. So when like I make a joke about like I grew up in a war zone because it was emotionally chaotic, traumatizing kind of experience for me that felt like war. My body definitely felt like it was at war. I, being the literal person I am, I'm like, oh no, I'm going to have somebody listening who's like, Did she just compare her childhood to actual war? Well, I've gone to actual war and this is not okay with me. And then they create a conflict out of the poor tasting humor that I just inserted into my innocent little podcast. Like that is what goes on in my brain all day. It is exhausting, mind you. And I will just like put that out there. But yeah, 
it's like at the forefront of what I'm paying attention to in my life in recent weeks is like, wow, I am such a like I am a literal person. And I know what it comes from and it actually connects this entire episode. It comes from growing up around people who never meant what they said. They said one thing and they wanted you to read between the lines or they said something they didn't mean and then it came out down the road that they meant something else or they punished you for not knowing what they really meant. Like nobody was actually speaking the truth. Nobody was really forthcoming. Nobody was truly transparent or honest. And I always got it wrong. Like even if I guessed and I thought I got it right, it was wrong to somebody in that environment. And now I've become a human being that needs you to be literal with me. Like a really great example of this, this is such, this is such a relevant example for so many people, is, um, you know, Phil and I share like the chores around the house. But because I work from home and I'm home all the time and I like doing these things, I tend to do the laundry more. And I tend to like cook more and, and things like that. Although he made a bang in uh, lentil soup the other day, just just in case you were wondering. So it wasn't that long ago. The laundry was was like kind of piling up. And he says to me, uh, Am, are you going to do the laundry? And that to me is an innocent question. Right now, some of you might heard that question and thought he meant he needs you to do the laundry. Well, I do not make assumptions. Sorry. I, do, I don't guess. Just tell me. So I hear, are you going to do the laundry? And I respond to said innocent question with, oh, yeah, I'll do it today. But there was like a ton of laundry plus sheets and blankets. And we all know how long it takes to like wash a blanket and then dry that blanket having to put it back on the bed. So that consumed basically the entire day. I did three loads of laundry and a blanket. That took up the entire day, okay? So then cut to two days later, there was one load of whites left in the basket. And he was getting ready for work and he opened the laundry room door and he looked and he went, I thought you said you were doing the laundry. <laughs> and I was like, I did. I did like three loads and then our blanket um, two days ago. And I'm like, there's one load left. I'll get to it. And he's like, yeah, but Aim, I need the white t-shirts that are in the basket. And I'm like, well, you didn't say that. Because he didn't say that. He said, are you going to do the laundry? But what he meant by, are you going to do the laundry was I need my clothes that are in that laundry basket. I don't receive information that way. I am literal. If you need shirts cleaned, say I need shirts cleaned by Tuesday. Done. It's done. I will nail it every time. Leave no room for error with me. But you can say, take that very basic example and then apply it to your life. Right? How many times have you communicated something and assumed, because that's what we're doing. And by the way, I never understood, you know, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me until I realized that had to do with the spelling of the word. <laughs> 
And I only realized that recently. Moving right along. I I need you to understand your communication style. That's where we're going to begin here, okay? You just listened to me psychoanalyze myself really quickly and tell you exactly why I need things literal. I need no room for error. Now listen, if you like listening to me and you appreciate my directness, which is a compliment I receive almost daily and I wholeheartedly appreciate it. Thank you. Not at all humbled by this because I know how direct I am, but thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, If you receive my type of communication well, then you're probably similar to me and you like things direct, straightforward, to the point, very transparent. Transparent meaning there's no fucking hitting meaning. Like it's see-through. You know what I mean? You don't have to discern. I don't want to discern because growing up, I was always wrong. Even if I got it right, I was told I was wrong. That has caused me to become a person who's like, don't leave the room for me to figure this out myself when it comes to your needs and wants. Tell me exactly what you need and want. You say, I want five eggs. I will give you five eggs. Don't say I want some eggs because I'm going to say that's probably two or three And then you're going to tell me it's not enough. I'm not doing that anymore, you know? So understand your communication style. Part of understanding your communication style is just basically understanding how you need to be spoken to. What works for you, what doesn't. And the best way to go about that is to go back in time to the way you were raised, to any relationships after that, What didn't you like? What left you confused? What made you angry? What made you frustrated? What left you anxious? For me, if you make me guess and check, I don't like it. If you make me assume something, I get anxiety. I have boundaries around these things now because those are not things that I want to feel, especially with people who are going to be close and intimate with me, who are going to stay in my life for a very long time, I want to be spoken with in a way that works for me. And I want to be able to then speak with you in a way that's respectful of you, but also authentic for me. So the first part of this is to always figure yourself out first. Like you can't go fixing your relationships and any conflict in those if you don't know yourself first, if you don't know how you function, if you don't understand what you need, if there is a lack of clarity around those things, then you are always going to be at the mercy of everybody else's wants and needs. Because in boundary setting, in any context, you're communicating your wants and needs. Now, if one person only has wants and needs, that they're clear on and the other person doesn't, what do you think is going to happen? The person who's clear and firm and committed is going to take precedent and you're going to end up abandoning yourself in the process. So do yourself a favor. Figure yourself out. Ask yourself what you like. Ask yourself what you don't like. And always figure out why. You listen to me talk on all these podcast episodes. You hear what I say. I don't like this and here's why. It makes me anxious. It makes me anxious because this is how I was raised. And this is where my mind goes with it. And this is where my body goes with it. And this activates my trauma. And da 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 You get my point. 
Now, like always, I'm going to jump around, but I will definitely tie it all in at the end of this episode. So let's jump back over to conflict real quick. And I said to you earlier that conflict for me always meant bad. Like it was bad. It was horrible. You should never have conflict. And that is always coming from people who don't know how to resolve it. God, such wisdom. People who don't know how to handle conflict, manage stress, resolve conflict, hate it and label it bad. They panic. They fear it. And yeah, that comes from their childhood stuff. And remember, that was all last season. Like, I'm not going to go into that in these episodes. What we are going to do is really address how to move through this. So you, who are listening right now, let's talk to you and how you resolve conflict. First, let's just like set the tone. Conflict is necessary. Conflict's going to happen even in the healthiest of relationships. You got two different people, two different perspectives, two different belief systems, two different communication styles, two different forms of um, past experiences, trauma, perhaps, you know, whatever. You've got two different people trying to work together. Conflict happens in work environments when you're working as a team. Like you're going to bump into conflict wherever you go in life. So you better learn just like with change, right? Like people are like, things are always going to change. Like that's one thing that is inevitable. Things will always change. So if you fear change, I was somebody who used to fear change. If you fear change, you are going to live an anxiety ridden life. And I'll tell you from firsthand experience it is not a delightful experience. Okay. So get comfortable with change and get comfortable with conflict. And the way you get comfortable with conflict is you understand that A, it's okay. It's going to happen. It's not good or bad. It's an opportunity for growth, you know? And the other piece of this puzzle is you got to get confident and comfortable with your ability to navigate it. And the way you do that is go back to the start here, figure out what you need and want and how you communicate best, how you need to be communicated with. That's going to help you here. It's going to help you navigate any conflict in your life if you know how you need to be spoken with. Because if you don't, you're going to take offense to everything or you're going to be on the defensive because you're going to feel attacked or threatened or whatever, or you're going to default to looking at the other person as your enemy Whereas like, now I'm not going to tell you I'm the best with conflict. I, I communicate really well in conflict, but I hate conflict. I know that sounds like what this girl is teaching me about conflict resolution. She hates conflict. Yes, I'm a human being. I'm a human being, guys. I have my own stuff too, you know. I don't like conflict. You know why? Because I, I always was blamed even when it wasn't my fault. Like I had to, in the environments that I was raised in and around, I always had to take accountability, not just for myself, but for other people who were unwilling to own up to their own shit. And when that's been your experience, then you don't trust other people to be able to navigate things or own their part in it. You just 
end up entering into situations and a conflict arises and you just want to get rid of the conflict and because the way you were conditioned to be was to just like take it all on and fix it even if it wasn't your fault that is what I could default to if I let myself I've done enough work to not do that that doesn't mean I live for conflict I'm still learning as I grow and as I, as I go and I grow, for sure, as we all are, right? This is a layered process. So I'm going to be fully transparent with you here. I don't love it. I don't love when Phil and I have conflict. I don't love conflict with anyone, family members, my sister, my brother, my parent. I don't love it. Like, I'm not, and when I say this, like, I am confident in myself to be able to work through it. I'm confident and comfortable in my ability to communicate in spite of it. I so I know how to navigate it and that is not a doubt in my mind like I don't struggle with that I just get anxious when conflict arises because I hate it I don't like people mad at me I don't like feeling like I'm gonna be blamed for something and part of that is you know a trauma response but the other part of that is like my own shit that I've still got to kind of like navigate through I don't like it it just it upsets my stomach literally like I, I get like conflict IBS. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> so yeah, I have a physical, visceral type of response to to conflict. It depends on what type of conflict. Like I will say, um, as I'm talking and kind of like reflecting on this in real time, I used to get the same way with conflict on social media when I first started my business many years ago I would panic and freak out at like a negative comment or a dm or anybody like attacking me and it's taken time and experience and consistent work on myself to where now I'm able to reframe that and I know that it's kind of inevitable. It's going to happen regardless. I have clear boundaries around it. Pay attention to that part. I'm going to dig in in a second. And the boundaries are what have put me in control of that anxious kind of visceral reaction that I have physically to that type of conflict. So I put in a lot of work over there, right? But I mean, those of you OG listeners who have been around for years with me, you know that you never heard about a boyfriend like you hear about Phil, right? So this is one of the healthiest relationships romantically that I've ever had. And so I'm still like a lot of things are very much new for me to firsthand experience here. And so to have conflict in this space is very new and I am constantly having to kind of work through and process a lot of stuff that comes up. The The benefit to all the work that I've done in all the other areas of my life up until this point is it definitely has made it a hundred times easier to see myself, witness myself, hold myself accountable, be really honest and forthcoming. Like I have a really great understanding of me as a human being and what I struggle with. But yeah, when you haven't had an actual experience in your life, 
you're gonna, there's a lot of newness and there's gonna be triggers. So when there's conflict within the relationship, I'm, we're, we're learning still, me and him, how to navigate this together and support each other through it and meet each other's needs. And I really, I think, honestly, and he says the same thing, we're doing an incredible job working together as a team, um, which is really refreshing for me because, like I said, my family dynamics were never that. And those family dynamics really play a key role for a lot of us in in our romantic relationships. A lot of times your romantic relationships are distinctly different than your friendships. Like I haven't really experienced too much conflict within friendships. I really didn't have too many issues with friendships. But family and like romance, yeah, super triggering for a very long time. Needless to say, let's just go back to what I was telling you about boundaries. When when I was really trying to address how I was reacting to conflict in my business on social media, one of the one of the key things that I had to do was get clear with myself on what my boundaries were. Because what puts you in a place where you feel very much out of control in a situation where there's conflict is a lack of self-understanding, a lack of where these boundaries lie, okay? So what would happen is like, and it happens to this day, it's just today I have boundaries, back then I didn't. So back then, somebody would like comment under one of my posts and they disagreed. And that's fine. They can disagree. But sometimes the disagreement that they're writing out is just like yelling at me that I'm wrong and I'm stupid. And then there's people that disagree with you and they go, could you help me understand what you mean by this? Because this is what I thought this meant, or this is what I was taught or whatever, whatever. Now you can hear a difference in both of those different types of comments. One person is very much attacking me and they're closed off to my perspective. Like they're not opening the door to hear what I have to say in response to them. They're just shouting at me. Versus the second person is actually posing a question because they're open to a discussion or a conversation or a different perspective. And so I would sometimes back then answer comments that disagreed with me and then sometimes just get super triggered not know what to do. I was really resistant to blocking people or like deleting comments. Like I wanted to try to address everything. Like I was somebody who really had a mindset of like, let's talk about it. Because again, I grew up in an environment where nobody wanted to just sit down and talk about it. They just wanted to yell at you. So yeah, I have this intention inside of me of Let's just like sit down and have a conversation. We could figure this out. We could understand each other. Like we don't have to be mean like this. And so I would comment on everything. Big mistake. Huge. <laughs> just a little pretty woman reference for you. Um, in case you missed it. And so the person that was just shouting at me and closed off to my perspective would shout again. And they would be even more mean. And my feelings would get hurt and it would take a toll on me mentally and emotionally. It would really, it would really impact me to the point where I wouldn't want to get on social media. I wouldn't want to keep posting. I would, I used to get really, really nervous to just put up a post because I always knew somebody was going to jump in there and attack me. And it was, you know, crippling for a while. 
And then finally, I was like, oh, my God, I cannot be at the mercy of these people. But I did feel like I was at the mercy of them. And so I was like, how do I how do I do this? How do I feel more in control? This is my page. This is my content. Like, I don't have to be deserving. Like, I'm not deserving of this. And so I had to get clear with myself on what am I willing to respond to and what am I not? What am I willing to respond to and what am I not? And that's where I was able to make that distinction between if, if it is my desire and my intention to communicate through conflict and be able to sit down and have an open conversation with someone who might be open to learning a different way or, or a new perspective, then I have to be willing to talk, but to whom? Like what type of person meets that criteria that will allow me to walk through that door and talk to them? And so I had to make that distinction for myself on like, ooh, okay, this type of person's comment does not fall into that category, whereas this other type of person's does. Like, and and now it's very much like just like a default for me to like read a comment and go, yeah, you're not open, but you are. You're not open, you are. You're not open, you are. And the people that aren't open, I might leave the comment there or I, I might delete the comment, depends on how mean they're being. I might leave it there and see if someone else responds to it and how that kind of goes. Um, I normally am not quick to block people. I will restrict. And these are all just boundaries I've set up. And the reason I don't block people is because if I see you're not open, I know you still need me. I know you need my services. You're attacking me because you're something, something in what I said conflicts with what you're doing or feeling or believing. And I don't like, I don't like the notion, by the way, that people put out there on social media that say like, oh, my haters just hate me because I trigger them. No, that's not true. They might truly hold a different belief than you, but they might not have validated that belief. And so something I said that was the opposite of what they're doing or what they're feeling or what they're thinking and believing, something I said might have poked at their belief and made them feel conflicted and made them feel confused because they're not yet validating their own. And so they yell at me because what they're really wanting is validation. But if I if I have a different perspective, I'm not going to validate you. Like I could validate you to the extent of, sure, you can, like if that's the belief that aligns with you, believe it. But I'm not going to say, yes, I agree with you if I don't. And so that's a, a very big reason a lot of people like attack and shout because they're wanting validation for whatever they're thinking, feeling, and believing, which mind you is not your responsibility. You're also not often privy to what they're thinking, feeling, or believing. So truly, it's not really a good investment of your time and energy to like interact with them. So, you know, I might leave it and let them like stew for a second and then may, they might pop back in and delete their comment. I'll restrict their account because I see you don't regulate your emotions well, and I don't need that in my comments every morning, you know? <laughs> Who wants that? Wake up and get, like, attacked? Now, child, remember I grew up in a war zone. She don't need that. And then, obviously, to the people that are open, I will interact with them. And even if we land in a place where it's like, let's agree to disagree, maybe we had a cool conversation. But... Without me getting clear about what I was available for and what my boundaries were there, I feared that backlash. I feared that conflict. 
And I, I didn't, I froze. I didn't know how to behave. I didn't know what to do because I had no clear plan of action inside of me. There's a big takeaway for you. There's a big takeaway for you. Remember at the beginning, I said, you got to figure yourself out and know like how you like to communicate. How do you like to be spoken with? And then obviously context-based, situation to situation, you kind of got to figure out what you need and want. And that really is just like boundary basics 101. Like sit down and figure out what you value in life, in your relationships. If you run a business like I do online in your business, if you don't run a business, but you work in a company, what do you value within that company and your job? Like, what do you value? And by value, I mean, what do you like and don't like? Because if you know what you don't like, then you know what you do like. You know how you like being treated. You know who, how you like be feeling. You know what you like to do. You know what behaviors align with your character. This is important information. This is like fundamentals. This is the foundation to a lot of these other things we talk about, like conflict resolution, like nonviolent communication, like just getting into a healthy relationship. How can you remote, and I can say this firsthand, y'all, how can you even take the step from toxic relationship to healthy, mature, supportive relationship if you don't know what you like and you don't like? You are in the toxic one because you tolerated a whole lot of shit you didn't like, which tells me you didn't feel like you could own what you liked. You didn't feel like you were deserving of it. You didn't. You felt maybe like it was too much. Like, again, been there firsthand, can speak on it. If, if you don't sit down and just do this work, it doesn't take that long to sit down and ask yourself, how do I like being treated? Or sit down and be like, how was I treated today by people and what did I like and not like about it? That's not hard. Work off of real-time interactions you're having. Oh, I liked it when this person spoke to me this way. What I fucking hated was when so-and-so said it this way to me or did this or didn't do this or didn't read my mind, right? Like, get clear. Get clear with yourself. God, stop making me, like, really, like, drive that home because I don't want to be the annoying teacher who has to repeat herself. I mean, but here I am. So now let's leap back to to the topic of like conflict resolution in like more close intimate relationships whether that's romantic or family or friendships we'll talk about me for a second where I said yeah I hate conflict I know how to manage it and navigate it but here's the clincher here's what I'm still working on what I'm still working on is I have yet to have enough experiences romantically in the healthy department to conjure up a clear idea of what is this supposed to look like? I have healthy friendships. I have for a long time. I have developed healthier relationships with family. I have great relationships with my clients, um, anyone who works with me. But yeah, I mean, I'm in an incredible romantic relationship, but it's new. And by new, I mean, it's almost a year old. It's still new. And that's where you got to give yourself some grace. Like, if you're listening to me right now and you are remotely judging a timeline, stop. 
stop that shit. Stop that right now. You cannot judge emotional growth and healing. You just can't. You have to take it in stride. It's layers of an onion that you peel back. By the way, I watched a TikTok not that long ago. And apparently, if you cut off, I don't know the proper name for it, but if you cut off the end of an onion, like the edge, like the where it's like cinched together, you know what I'm talking about? Then it doesn't make you cry. Like it doesn't irritate your eyes when you cut it. I never have a problem with it irritating my eyes, but you know, just food for thought, literally. (laughs) So if you relate to the, the notion of like, you're in something new or it's new territory for you. And so you're still kind of feeling a way through. You're still kind of learning. Like, yeah, sometimes I have to go to B and be like, is this healthy? And she's like, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, almost a year in, but I'm asking somebody who's been married several years, like, this is healthy, right? And and clearly, like, I'm a human being and I have had bad experiences. So I am, by default, going to sometimes go, uh-oh, I'm not sure. Uh-oh, I'm not sure. Because I am a person who has blind spots just like you. Whereas, yeah, when you come to me, I don't have blind spots with you. Duh. Duh, hello, have you ever driven a car? When you're in your own car, you have fucking blind spots. But if I'm the car behind you, looking at your car, there are no blind spots on your car. That's how that works. So if you're still figuring things out, as I was saying, then give yourself some grace and ask people for support. People who know, have had these experiences, are a sound mind, are a good voice for you, whether that's me in your life or somebody else, I don't care. But turn to them and ask them, like, is this normal? Is this healthy? Is this okay? That is okay to ask people. Like, you don't have to be perfect. You do not have to be perfect. It takes one to know one. I know. I know. When you grow up a certain way and you fear certain things, You think, well, let me wrap it in a nice pretty box, which is why I make that joke every episode. I'm like, I'll put a little pretty bow on it for you. Because I have always done that too. I've always done that too. I've like, okay, you know what? And as Barbara tells me, if it's in a pretty little fucking box, Amy, and it's wrapped up all nice, then where's the fun? Nothing can come out. Nothing gets to grow. You don't get to rip the wrapping paper. You can't do that to your relationships. You can't do that to people just because it was done to you. I know. I've lived it too. Just because somebody wanted you to be perfect. Just because somebody needed you to not have a misstep ever because they didn't know how to manage their emotions does not mean that it's okay that you do that to other people in your life. We are all flawed. Every single fucking one of us. Yes, even your pastor even Jesus Christ. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Or maybe, you know, maybe Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior. That's what I do. <laughs> Whatever it is. I don't know where I'm going with this train of thought. So let's just like get the train back on the tracks and move along. Okay. If you haven't had good experiences, you need to ask questions and understand things, but know that you might feel a little out of control for a period of time while you continue to figure it out and get established boundaries in that department. Okay. Now, next step. 
Once you understand what you need and want, then you know what your boundaries are. Now, how does that all tie together, Amy, to like how to communicate through conflict? Well, as I said earlier, conflict is good. Conflict is healthy. Conflict is necessary. And the goal in a healthy partnership of any kind, whether that's a friendship, family relationship, whatever your relationship is, the goal is to grow together and become stronger from it. That's the goal. Not to punch each other and go in opposite directions. <laughs> like that is the worst metaphor I've given you. I don't even think that's a metaphor. You with me? It's not to, oh, conflict has risen and we are going to attack each other. It's, oh no, conflict. Now let's try to find a way to communicate with each other understand each other's perspective, support each other's feelings, needs, and wants, and grow in the same direction through that conflict. If we liken conflict in relationships to the trauma and the abuse and the bullshit that you've put up with in your own life, where you're sitting here listening to me, Amy Fiedler, talk to you about all these things, all these struggles mentally and emotionally that you can like work your way through. You're facing your own conflict every day if you're sitting here listening to me trying to navigate through it. You face your own conflict every day. Now, yeah, is it uncomfortable? A hundred fucking percent. Is it hard sometimes? Yes. Do you want to give up sometimes? Absolutely. But I bet you all show of hands right now. My hand's in the air already because I know the question you don't. <laughs> Is it worth it? Okay, real talk. The microphone toppled over the minute I said, is it worth it? And then that was that like noise you just heard, but I'm leaving it in just for effect. Dramatic <laughs> effect because it made me laugh, but is it worth it? Yeah. Yes, it's worth it. It's worth it when you come out the other side and you're like, oh, that was hard, but like I'm so much stronger and now I'm more in control and I'm less anxious and I feel more mature and I'm more proud of myself at the end of the day and I carry myself with more confidence. Like, yes, it's always worth it. So now go back to a relationship setting of any kind, dealing with conflict is it going to be worth it to face that head on and want to work together to get through it on the other side? Yeah. Now let's address the elephant in the room. Are you going to sometimes have conflict with someone who's not willing to work through it with you? Yes. Are you going to sometimes have conflict with someone who's just not mature or supportive in their, in their ways and makes working through it that much more difficult? Yes. Are they people that you're going to want to keep close and near and dear? Maybe, maybe not. I can't make that decision for you. You have to know your boundaries. Oh, look at that. You see how it all connects, bitch? Okay. So that's key here. Like, you don't want to enter a romantic relationship with someone who doesn't have the ability to communicate through conflict the way you want to communicate through conflict. Now, clearly, you're not going to know that until conflict happens, which is why you take your time getting to know people. But you got to go into those relationships of any kind, knowing what you need and want, knowing yourself, knowing those boundaries. Otherwise, you're walking in blind. 
you're walking in blind and then you're just like, well, this is nice, sort of. I'm not sure. Is that a red flag? I don't know. Is that a red flag? I don't know. You all do that. You know, many times I get asked a day, like, how do I spot red flags? Can you put up some content about red flags, Amy? No, the fuck I will. Why don't you do it the easy way and just get clear with yourself on what your boundaries are? Then you're not at the mercy of red flags because you're not going to hit red flags. You're just going to see some bullshit behavior and you're going to set a boundary. If you're going to live with the mindset of like, I've got to go seek out red flags and make sure this person is safe or unsafe, you're always going to feel unsafe. But if you approach every relationship in your life from a place of stability, which means you got clear around your needs, wants, and boundaries first and foremost, then you entered into that environment or that relationship or that conversation. And now, who cares? Roll the dice. We're at the fucking casino. Who cares what happens? Because if it's something you don't like, boom, boundary. If you don't like how they spoke to you, boom, boundary. Like, it's not... It doesn't have to be so complicated and you don't have to make it so traumatic for you to move through these things. Like, oh God, I read these accounts, guys. I see them on Instagram, like telling you all of the red flags to look for. First of all, that's somebody else's red flags, not yours. What I need in a relationship is very unique to me. It may or may not be the same. It may or may not be similar to you. I don't know. My likes are my likes. My comfort levels are my comfort levels. What feels supportive to me may not feel supportive to you. You got to figure yourself out. You go on an account and you read what is healthy and unhealthy. That's going to be much more helpful for you than somebody telling you, stay away from these red flags. Because... It's kind of why I try to stay away, and you all keep insisting, on giving you a script on what to say. Because what I say is very unique to me. Now, I do get it. I've reframed it a little bit. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll keep it real with you. I've grown. So now I look at it more like they need an example. And I'll be that example for you because I am amazing at communicating. So, of course, she's also humble. <laughs> So when you're in the thick of it, when you're in a conflict, I'm just like skipping around, but we got to get to the end here at some point. So we're in conflict. Now, what the fuck do I do, Amy? What the fuck do I do? How do I communicate through conflict? What is the best way to communicate through conflict? Well, if you're triggered emotionally, in other words, if your emotions get heightened, if you start to escalate, if you start to cry and get anxious, which sometimes I have a tendency to do, and that's okay. You're allowed to cry. You have every right in the world to feel your emotions, but I'm not going to communicate through my tears until I'm clear on what I need to say. I'm not going to communicate the tears. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, if I'm angry, I'm going to feel the anger. I'm going to validate the anger. I'm not communicating the anger. I'm going to wait until I get some clarity around the anger, and then I will communicate. Same with the tears. You understand that the anger or the tears or anything else, the anxiety that you're feeling, is literally a symptom of something else? Oh, child, preach! I'm so sorry, that sounded necessary at the time, and now I sound corny, but... (laughs) For real. 
sometimes I wish somebody was just like in the corner of the room yelling preach, which now also creeps me out. Is there someone in the corner of my room? I for sure hope not. I need you to understand emotions first. When you feel something and it comes out in an expression, right? Like the tears are flowing from your eyes or your body is trembling from anxiety or even, you know, fight or flight mode or your anger starts to come up and you want to yell. Symptom. It's a symptom. And when you have a fever, like a physical symptom or like a headache or a backache, how many people annoy the fuck out of you when they walk around announcing, I have a headache, I have a headache today, I have a headache, or no hate, no shame, no shade to those who struggle with migraines. I've had them. They're debilitating. They're not fun. But for the sake of my story, how annoying is it when someone's like, I have a migraine, I have a migraine, I have a migraine, I have a migraine. Shut up already. Treat the migraine. We know you have a migraine. Now treat it. Like, take something. Go in a dark room. Shut your eyes. Go to sleep. Get some medicine. Whatever it is. Just stop talking about it. It doesn't need to be announced. You can share and then deal. So, when you cry or you get angry in the midst of conflict, crying and crying and crying and crying and trying to get the words out through the tears is not going to be productive for you because it's like having a migraine and talking about having a migraine. Is that helping the migraine? No. (laughs) I'm sorry. No. I do it too. I'm laughing because I do it too. I do it all the time. I have a stomachache. 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 Or like, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Shut the fuck up already. That's what Phil will tell me. Shut up. Shut up. Like, or actually, I'm sorry. I'm exaggerating. I tell myself to shut up. He's like this. I'm sorry, babe. Which honestly, I find almost more irritating than if he were to just tell me to shut the fuck up. Like, I would almost rather be told to shut the fuck up. Sometimes he goes there. But his default is to go, I'm sorry, babe. And then he just like keeps on doing what he's doing. And I'm like, what kind of empathy is that? It's very sweet empathy, by the way. But, you know, when you're irritated and you just keep fucking talking about it, it doesn't get rid of the irritation, okay? You're welcome. In other words, for you literal folks, crying is normal. It's natural. Do it. It's fine. I do it all the time. But trying to have a productive conversation while you're bawling your eyes out is not going to be a productive conversation. It's riddled with whatever is coming through those tears. So take a moment and cry and then return to the conversation. If you're angry, Take a moment and feel your anger and then return to the conversation. I had a conversation recently. I was, I was in the in midst of conflict with someone recently. And again, I am a stickler for how I speak in these moments, okay? I am not perfect. Mind you, I've got my flaws and faults, okay? But this is one thing I am really good at, undeniably good at. 
And that is watching my P's and Q's when I am, like, I just have a very natural way of just matter-of-factly talking through something that could be very emotional for me. And this person was getting angry. And when they get angry, they tend to go to a place where they, they make big, bold statements that can be hurtful to me. You know, just like whipping anything out of their tool belt that might make me feel small or put me down. And I know that in their heart, they don't mean harm to me, but they're angry. And when we're angry, we tend to want, because often anger masks sadness, we're hurting, in other words, and we want to hurt somebody else because we're hurting and we blame them for it. And so this person started to get angry and I could hear it in their tone and then the words started to come and I just looked at them and I said, we are trying to navigate this conflict together in a supportive way. So I just ask that you be really mindful of what you're about to say to me. And if you are angry right now, please don't communicate with me. And when you're not, then we'll have a conversation. And they totally were like, okay, then I have nothing to say right now. And I was like, fine. And then we returned to the conversation because words hurt. So if you're angry, if you're crying, if whatever the emotion is, is like, is creating a symptom that is expressing itself visibly for you or for other people, pause and regulate yourself soothe yourself, whatever that might look like. It might look like stepping out of that environment and getting some fresh air or going for a drive or going and locking yourself in the bathroom and running the water and screaming into it. (laughs) It might mean you just separate yourself from the person and go in another room and grab your journal. That is something I often do. I grab my journal and I write about it because for me, when I feel anything, I know I have to validate. That's it. Just let me go validate it. Let me go validate it so I don't seek out that validation in what you're about to say because I I, I can't do that because that's not going to be good, especially in conflict. We're already having a miscommunication or a misstep. If I'm going to seek your validation too, this is only going to create more conflict. So let me go manage my shit and I'll be right back. And I do that and then we return to it later. So pause regulate, soothe, cope, get that shit out of your system, process it, validate it, and now return once the symptoms have subsided and you're able to use your words and say, this made me sad. I feel angry. Because you you can, you can say somebody else prompted the feeling without placing blame. You understand? You got to always own your emotions. And that's another takeaway here. Own them. If you're crying, those are your tears. Those belong to you. They're coming out of your little tear ducts. Is that where tears? Yeah, that's definitely where tears come out of, right? Tear ducts. So own your emotions. Don't say, you made me feel this way. Your actions have me feeling sad because this is how I perceive them. That's a different way to go about saying that. I feel anxious because when you said this, it made me feel this way because of how I was interpreting it. 
Like there has to be a level of accountability in what you're communicating. And that's one thing that, you know, Phil always compliments me on. He's like, so one thing that I have the most respect for you in is that you're, you have radical accountability. He's like, you have the ability in the hardest, most difficult moments to just own your shit and you have, you don't even flinch. And I'm like, nope. But I struggled for a very long time with owning other people's shit as much as well as my own. So I know I have to have a boundary there and I have to be able to discern, is this mine or is this yours? And once I can do that, I'm immediately like, yo, this belongs to me, this belongs to me, this belongs to me, this belongs to me. So that's what we need to do, kids. That's kind of your step-by-step here. Understand yourself. Understand where your boundaries are, what your values are. Get to know you. If you get to know you, it puts you in more control of yourself. When you enter into a conflict, then what you need to do is be able to regulate, soothe, and cope with your emotions. So when a symptom presents itself, that's where just take a second, pause. The problem's not going anywhere because it's there for you to work through. So if you take an hour, or you take five minutes, or you take two days, and then you return to it later, and trust me, I had a very hard time for a long time doing this, but I have learned there is such value in giving it breathing room, especially if you've got a lot of triggered emotions that are really heightened. Give it breathing room, because when you return to it, it's going to look and feel a lot different than when you were in the, the thick of it, when you were in the heat of the moment, when it was right there being presented to you. Look at conflict differently. Stop looking at it like it's bad or good. Stop looking at relationships that have conflict as if they're bad. They're not. But when you bump into somebody who's incapable or unwilling or resistant to working through conflict, communicating, holding themselves accountable, being supportive in that process, that's then you need a boundary. But let's stop putting labels on, on people that don't actually make sense. Like, let, let's just like stop the whole, like everybody we dislike is a narcissist type of thing. Because that is just not, that's not a value to you. It's really not. First of all, the bulk of you, including myself, are not, we are not qualified to diagnose people. So stop. Stop reading all of these blogs, posts, and books and like throwing out the words like attachment shit and like narcissism and like words that label things because you need to group something into bad or good to help yourself move through it. You're not actually moving through it if you're doing it that way. What you need to do is understand yourself. Like, stop making it about these other people you bump into. Like, if I were to go fucking psychoanalyze every past boyfriend that I've had or romantic relationship in the past, I don't know, seven to ten years, I wouldn't put a label to any of their personalities, their characteristics, their behavior patterns, anything like that. I would tell you, Okay, this person was extremely controlling and manipulative and abusive 
in their behavior and their language. And I was extremely tolerant of it. And I allowed myself to be in a lot of situations that were not healthy for me. Like there is ownership I take in all of these things, but there is also a recognition that like it is not going to help me get on the other side of something if I need to group something into categories of evil and good. It's just not because life doesn't work that way. It's not black and white. It's not black and white. Conflict is healthy. It helps you grow. With the wrong people who, the wrong, you see, like this is natural for us to do, but with people who are not equipped, supportive, mature enough to face themselves, to take accountability, to communicate through an uncomfortable moment, to express their feelings, to be honest about what their wants are, conflict becomes very difficult and almost impossible to navigate. And that sometimes leads to a breakup or a friendship ending or, you know, you getting fired from a company like that. That's the end of the road there because somebody is resistant to jumping over the hurdle with you. Now, I gave you a lot of thoughts and I jumped around and then I tried to kind of piece it back together in order for you from A to Z. And what I want to leave you with is this. Number one, conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen in healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. What distinguishes it between healthy conflict versus unhealthy conflict is dependent upon if the other individual that you're at conflict with has a willingness to talk it through and and get through this and grow together with you. Some people will, some people won't want to do that. And so when you have people that are willing to do that, then do the work on yourself to be able to regulate and manage and soothe your emotions, not communicate from a reactive place, a dysregulated place, Be able to use words that you're okay saying, even if they're going to remember it two days from now or 10 years from now. Don't say things that you're going to regret or that are going to hurt people. How, Amy? Well, pause and regulate yourself. Don't communicate while you're in the thick of the tears streaming down your face. Go handle your tears. They're really important. They need a space to be seen, heard, and felt. And once they pass and you come to yourself, return to the conversation and speak from a clear-minded place. But those symptoms are expressing emotion that needs validating and it needs that space. And when we don't do that, when we don't give it that breathing room to have that space to feel seen and heard, we say things we don't mean, we hurt people that, you know, we really don't want to hurt, or we hurt them because we're hurting, and we don't grow. We just create and dig a deeper hole to get stuck in. And I think that's really where a lot of situations end up ending is because 
you don't have two mature individuals who are holding themselves accountable, who are willing to manage their emotions. You have one that might be, and you have another one who's like, you made me feel this and you made me feel this. Now fix it. Oh, so you're telling me that you can't manage your emotions, you can't articulate your feelings properly, and you want me to like band-aid an issue that is probably going to stay unresolved inside of you because you're unwilling to go sit with your uncomfortableness for a second, move through it, and then return to me and grow with me. Oh, God, I'm sorry to leave you on that note, but that was good. That was good. I hope this episode helped one of you, at least one of you. I know it'll help many of you, but at least one, just one. Raise your hand if you're the one. One of you understand what you could maybe tweak or do a little bit differently when facing conflict in your life and relationships. And I hope that some of these key takeaways that I identified for you are going to be helpful for you to improve your relationships and how you feel having to face that conflict in life. Because like I said, we need it. It's okay. It's healthy to have. And it helps us. It truly does. It, it grows relationships closer together. It bonds us deeper with another individual if we're willing to face it head on. And so if you listen or re-listen to this episode, really take some some moments to yourself throughout it when you hear something that maybe makes you feel a little uncomfortable or makes you want to scream at, at me through you know, your, uh, your headphones, because it's, it's either, it's either poking at something that you truly disagree with and you fundamentally have a different belief and that is okay, or it's rubbing up on something that you need to validate for yourself. Because like I said, when, when I was talking about social media, that is the only reason why people pop into your comments yelling at you. It's not, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with a little insight. Everybody's not jealous of you <laughs> when they're angry. They're uncomfortable with what, with what the representation of you or them witnessing the presence of you means to them. You know, if it stirs up emotions in them, about themselves. That's what they're uncomfortable with. It has nothing to do with you. But if somebody witnessing you being confident makes them realize how much they're lacking confidence, their anger directed or, or misguided in your direction because that's all anger is. It's misguided passion. If, they have a, if they're angry with you, they have a passion for being the thing that maybe they're witnessing you living. Or, you know, I often get told I'm smart. And sometimes people attack my smarts. And that's okay. Because it's the people that attack my smarts. They, it has nothing to do with me. It's everything to do with the fact that maybe this is an area or that it's a topic about something that, again, they might disagree with, but they're not validating for themselves or they'd like to improve upon. That's the only reason we feel that way. So 
That might be why some of your conflict is happening, too. Anyway, that's all she's got for you this week. I will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful day. And do not forget, if you are listening to me on Apple or Spotify, to rate and review this podcast. Give me five stars, please. I so appreciate all of you. And I will talk to you soon.